1: cleanses himself from the latter he'll be an instrument for noble purposes made holy useful to the master and prepared to do any good work and then the next verse he says flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness faith love and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart that's very interesting because it's connected to purity of life here's what I've realized fleeing the evil desires of youth you have to flee them not only when you're young numerically in age you know birthday wise you gotta keep fleeing them even as you get older.
0: The Bible tells us to flee from evil and live pure and holy lives. But is that only for certain believers? That might seem like a strange question, but some people might think that they've arrived at a holy life. They don't need to keep looking out for sin in their lives because they're good enough. Pastor Denny will remind you today that becoming more like Jesus is an ongoing process. It never ends. Keep seeking truth and learning from the Bible and aim to go deeper into your relationship with the Lord every day. Now here's Pastor Danny in the Gospel of John, Chapter 1, with today's edition of The Living Word. To every nation.
1: John's Gospel, chapter 1. And listen how John opens this Gospel of Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. You jump down, verse 14, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. You go to John chapter 5. John chapter 5, uh, here's what Jesus said, verse 17. My Father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason, the Jews tried all the harder to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, according to them, uh, but he was even calling God his own Father, making himself equal with God. You go to John chapter 10, John chapter 10 and verse 32, Jesus said to them, I've shown you many great miracles from the father for which of these do you stone me? Cause they, they're picking up stones. They're trying to kill him again. We're not stoning you for any of these replied the Jews, but for blasphemy because you, a mere man claim to be God. Listen, you don't have to read very far in the gospels and in the word of God to realize Jesus claimed to be equal with the Father, not little G and big F, Father. No, he's equal with the Father. That's what he claimed. Even Islam, Islam believes in Jesus Christ, but they say he was a great prophet. Well, come on. Do they look at what he claimed? He claimed to be God. If you don't get this Jesus, you don't have the gospel. There's only one gospel. Any Jesus, any Christ that is not equal with the Father and absolutely without beginning of days or end of life after the order of Melchizedek, you don't have the right Jesus and you don't have the gospel. Boy, you're getting me worked up. I guess it was the running that did it. I don't know. But listen, I'm so so emotional about this. The same reason Paul was emotional. That's emotion there. Because listen, he knows if you get the wrong Jesus, you won't be saved. You can't be saved. The real Christ said, no man comes to the Father but by me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way. There's no other truth. There's no other gospel. This is the only gospel. Jesus Christ, who is God, very God, whose origins, Micah 5, 2, are from eternity, eternity. He's God, come in the flesh. That's the gospel. So perseverance, purity of doctrine regarding who Jesus Christ really is. And don't ever, listen, don't, don't, be kind, be loving, but don't ever compromise that. I love you, but that's not the truth. You serve a different Jesus than I do. Just tell them the truth, because that's the only way they're going to be saved. All right? Not a prideful thing, it's just the truth. And the third, go back to 1 John, third surefire evidence in our text that someone's truly saved. Verse 28, uh, and now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. Chapter three, how great is the love the father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him, dear friends. Now, we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And here's what you want to see very carefully. Verse 3. Everyone who has this hope in him of seeing Christ because you're a child of God, and he's your Messiah, everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure, just you got to see this one. There's other patriarchs, Paul talking about how, what the advantages of being uh, an Israelite. And from them is traced the human ancestry of Christ, who is God over all. <laughs> Pretty clear, all right? And the third, third surefire evidence is purity of life. Just listen to a couple of scriptures for a minute. Just listen. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, uh, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Talking about a lifestyle. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Listen to another one. Galatians chapter 5 verse 19. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, it's loose living. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition. There's an interesting one. Dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Because something changes in life. Now, with this, let me just throw out so we'll understand. I mentioned before, Mormons are are very family-oriented, very you know, upstanding in a sense. Jehovah's Witnesses, same way. Uh, I mean, there are people that can be respected in that regard. But listen to what Jesus said about the Pharisees. The Pharisees, he said, you clean the outside of the cup. On the outside, you appear to be righteous. You look good from the outside. And we need to understand the truth uh, about the gospel and real Christianity. Purity of life has to be linked to purity of doctrine regarding Jesus Christ, okay? It can't just be, I clean my act up uh, outwardly, all right? And I'm respected in the community. Uh, Let me read you from Martin Lloyd-Jones, and boy, he just, he's with the Lord now, but here's from one of his sermons. Holiness is not something we are called upon to do in order that we may become something. It is something we are to do because of what we already are. That we are to discipline ourselves in order that we may become Christian is a denial of the doctrine of justification by faith. I am not to live a good and holy life in order that I may become a Christian. I am to live the holy life because I am a Christian. I am not to live this holy life in order that I may enter heaven. It is because I know I am going to enter heaven that I must live this holy life. Amen. You see... I'm motivated to be faithful to my wife, to be pure, to not be sexually immoral. I'm committed to her and her alone. And my commitment to her is because I love her, and yet it's more than that. I know one day I'll see Jesus Christ, and one of the things he will judge me on in terms of my relationship with him is my relationship with my wife. Do you understand what I'm saying? Here's what Paul said, 2 Corinthians 5, we're confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we're at home in the body or away from it. For we must all, every true believer, must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done in the body, whether good or bad. See, I could be unfaithful to my wife and still go to heaven. But I'm going to stand before Jesus Christ one day. So I want to be pure, not only because I love my wife, but because I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to stand before him one day. I want to stay away from the drugs that I used to be addicted to. Not only because I know the end of that road, all right, and what it will do to me physically, and what it'll do to my family but i want to stay away from those drugs not only because i know the end of that road humanly speaking but because one day i'm going to stand before jesus christ i want to oh my god help us i'm committed i'm committed and i think i'm going to make it i'm committed to stay away from pornography i'm committed to stay away from it's destroying listen if, you, if you're into pornography, if you don't confess it to somebody that's mature in the Lord, another believer, you, I don't think you'll ever be free of it. God can do anything. But I, James says, confess your faults to one another. It's destroying lives. It's destroying homes. It's destroying relationships. Man, if, if Satan got you with that one, if you're, if you're hooked on that, you've got to confess it to somebody that you mature in the Lord. that can help you be accountable and be free of it. God help us. I don't know why I got off on that one. Maybe somebody in this service especially needed to hear that, but man. Purity of life. 2 Timothy, very quickly. 2 Timothy, and then we'll go to the last point. 2 Timothy chapter 2. I love the practical words in light of purity of life that Paul writes to Timothy here and then inspired by the Holy Spirit passed on to all of us. Verse 20 of Second Timothy 2, In a large house there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for noble purposes and some for ignoble. If a man cleanses himself from the latter, he'll be an instrument for noble purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. And then the next verse he says, Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. That's very interesting because it's connected to purity of life. Here's what I've realized. Fleeing the evil desires of youth, you have to flee them not only when you're young, numerically, in age, you know, birthday-wise. you got to keep fleeing them even as you get older. I, I just throw out some of them. You know, sexual temptation, that's one of the first things God purified in my life. But still today, as an f- almost 57-year-old happily married man, it's a, it's a battle. It's a battle. I'm winning the battle, but I can't let my guard down. If I let my guard down, I'm gone, okay? I see some of you guys nodding. You're like, I got, I'm with you, man. I know what it's like. Some of you guys are about my age. Uh, but you know, lust of, the, lust of the eyes is still a challenge today. Uh, youthful lust. You, you take a kid into a store where there's stuff that they want, what do they say? Can I have? Can I have? Can I have? Listen, that kind of thing will follow you even later in life. But some that God cleaned up pretty much immediately in my life, uh, I found out that some of the things he cleaned up after those things, Are actually sometimes more difficult One of the things that hit me right squarely In the spiritual eye About five years into my Christianity Was a a proverb that just came to light You know how sometimes you'll read one And all of a sudden it just like I never saw it quite like that And it hit me And it was a proverb about conceit And pride And God showed me my pride It it was tough And I think that was sometimes harder Than getting me clean from the drugs He got me clean from the drugs And just like that Boom, done you know, he cleaned up my mouth right away, but man, the pride thing—I didn't even see it. I didn't even know I was—I was—I was a prideful person, and I, I didn't even know it. I didn't even know it. And then, oh my goodness, just things that, that he continues continues to deal with in my life. Uh, it's just—I'm so happy though. It, he he says. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments. You know, I am so happy I've grown in that area. I used to argue about the stupidest things with my wife. I used to get, I mean, we, our first real spat I think we ever had was because I, so, I was so annoyed that she would leave glasses full of ice on the coasters, you know, and the cork on the coasters would end up, you know, the, the water would get in there and they would prematurely, you know, uh, we'd have to go buy more. And she's the one that bought, went and bought the things anyway. But and finally, you know, I was just keeping it in, keeping it in, keeping it in. And one day, one day, I said, "Why do you leave the glasses on there? Look what it's doing to the thing." It was stupid. And now you know what? I just we just go buy new coasters. <laughs> I care more for my wife than I do the stupid coasters. They don't cost that much anyway. Just let her do it. Just go ahead. You know, she leaves. Why don't we tell you all the faults about my wife? Let me just air some things here. Let me just vent. When she does use the sink, you know, usually the dishwasher. When she does use the sink, she'll, she'll wash the dishes and then leave the dirty water in there. Just leave it in there. For days. Sometimes. For, for, well, for hours anyway. The truth. I, I used to get so upset with my kids, you know, my stepdad, every time he'd come home when I was young, I remember my stepdad coming home and he'd be and saying, talking and, and he used to be angry. He'd be walking through the house. You know what he's doing? He's going in all the rooms and turning the lights out. Why do you leave the lights on? By the way, if you're a staff member here, I've walked by your office and the lights on. It still bothers me, but, <laughs> but, but, but I, you know what I found myself early on when the kids were young, the kids were young and still today, still today. Uh, they'll leave and I'll be like, they're gone. They, they went in the bathroom and they left the light on in the bathroom. They left the light on in the bedroom. And I used to be like, Wah! now I'm just like, let's go turn it off. It's like, what? It's like the coasters. You got to pick your fights, pick your battles. And some things are just stupid to argue about. But you listen to kids. You listen to kids, the things they'll argue about. If you want to see a grown up act like a kid, watch the TV news talk shows and see them talking over one another, blah, 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 just like grown kids. I said, I don't know why you got me off on all that, but uh, <laughs> purity of life. Here's Before we go on to the last point, purity of life, Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. We have to realize purity of life is linked with purity of heart. If my heart's not right, I'm not going to be cooperating with God and letting him continue to purify my life if my heart's not right. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. That's exactly what Jesus said. Let me read you from Matthew chapter 15. Matthew 15, uh, verse 18. But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart, and these make a man unclean, impure. For out of the heart come evil thoughts. Murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what make a man unclean. Amazing truth. The condition of my heart determines the purity of my life. Now, last last point, and it's a very important one. Back in 1 John, verse 4. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness, but you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins and in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. It's not talking about sinless perfection. It's a lifestyle. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, don't let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil. Pretty clear. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he's been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God. Nor is anyone who does not love his brother. And next week will continue on with the love Of your brother. But here's the fourth surefire evidence. Put it like this there's an inability to continue to live in sin. It's not sinless perfection, but you can't keep on because two things are going to happen, at least one of two things. Your conscience is going to be defiled. Oh, I got so many verses. I'll just read you a couple. Romans 13, 5. Therefore, it's necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also because of conscience. If I'm a true child of God and I cheat on my taxes, it will bother me. Okay? It will bother me because I'm a true child of God. If I cheat on my wife, it'll bother me. If I have hidden the sin in my life and I'm a true child of God, it'll bother me. It'll defile my conscience. Can't go on without it affecting my conscience. Peter, when he denied uh, the Lord the third time and he's cursing as he does it and then the cock crows. One gospel writer says that that moment Jesus turned and eyeball to eyeball looked right at Peter. You know what the Bible says Peter did after that? He went outside and he wept bitterly. Why? Because he's a true child of God. And he could not live with that failure. And he repented. He had godly sorrow that brought about real change as a result of that failure. David... After his sin with Bathsheba and the subsequent sins, he writes uh, this psalm. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. It dogged him every day, every day against you. You only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. That's an amazing statement because he sinned against Bathsheba. He sinned against Bathsheba's husband. He sinned against her whole family. He sinned against his own family. He sinned against the nation of Israel because he was the king. But he said, ultimately what it comes down to is my relationship with you. I sinned against you. That's why Joseph in Egypt, 17-year-old young man that had been wronged so by his brothers and a woman throwing herself at him every day. Nine out of ten men might go, Joe, man, I've been looking for that kind of situation all my life. But Joseph resisted repeatedly and ended up running from her and escaping her clutches and her attempted seducing him. He said before he ran, how can I do this thing and sin against God? That's ultimately what it comes down to, the true child of God. True child of God, when they do sin, can't live with it. Can't live with it. Conviction. Now, if you're like David and you let it linger, you let it go, you keep it hidden, here's the second thing that happens. You still have the conviction, all right? But now there's correction. Listen to what he wrote in Psalm 32. When I kept silent, just let it linger, kept it hidden. My bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. You're a true child of God. You you can't go on with it. You'll be convicted. And if you still go on with it, you go to the woodshed. You go to our Heavenly Father's woodshed. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said I'll confess my transgressions to the Lord. And I love the way it ends. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. What an awful thing. To be a child of God and keep sin hidden. I'm absolutely certain in my spirit, God's talking very personally to some people here today. Don't go another day. The things I've seen over the 30 years of ministry where somebody's kept the pornography hidden, 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 and, and then ultimately it destroyed them, destroyed their family, destroyed their relationship uh, with their wife. Or, you know, with, their, with whoever. And that's what it's going to do. The devil's come to rob, to kill, and to destroy. Don't let him do that to you. Don't let him do that to you. You need to find someone who's mature. And if you don't have somebody in your life, I'm another mature believer, you can trust our prayer team. I'm, I'm telling you, you can trust them. And if you need to confess something today, James says confess your faults to one another. And listen, you're serious about it. Confess it to the Lord, but then find another mature brother or sister. If you're a guy, I encourage you to go to a guy. If you're a lady, I'd encourage you to go to a lady. And be free of it. Be free of it.
0: We're so blessed to be able to share the Word of God with you on each new edition of The Living Word. The Living Word is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Fellowship. We're a group of believers who seek to live and love just like Jesus did. We'd like to take a moment and ask you to consider partnering with us as we continue to share the hope of salvation with the world. Pray that God would touch each listener with His love and open their hearts to the truth of His Word. We know the power of prayer, and we appreciate you doing this for us. Pastor Danny will continue his study in 1 John next time, so we hope you'll join us again. But in the meantime, we encourage you to read through 1 John on your own and ask the Lord to reveal who he is. People from every generation have struggled to understand who God is fully, but when you spend time in his word, you begin to understand his heart. This is what the apostle John understands and was so diligent to write about. We'd love to have you join us this weekend at Calvary Chapel Fellowship as you dive into your relationship with Jesus. For service times, directions, and more, visit ccfstpete.church. That website once more is ccfstpete.church. With that, we've come to the end of our time with you today. Thanks for tuning in as we teach the Word to reach the world. Join Pastor Danny next time for more from 1 John, right here on The Living Word.